Well, it's a pleasure, and you've been here for just under a year, so relatively new in the scheme of expats, I think, to the UAE. Very true. But you come from the UK, you were practising there, uh, you're a member of the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynaecologists, and it's great to have your experience and expertise here in the Emirates. And today we're focusing on difficult pregnancy. How do we determine what a difficult pregnancy is? Um, well, a difficult pregnancy is any pregnancy that is associated with an underlying medical condition or a pregnancy where a lady develops a medical condition in her pregnancy. Um, it can be um, due to the pregnancy itself. It can be due to the, um, the baby. Um, so, yes. And if you are determining that as a medical professional, uh, what might be early signs for the woman that, that she might have some issues? Well, pre-pregnancy, um, if a lady has got um, diabetes, hypertension, thyroid disease, um, then um, and any other medical condition, that actually puts her um, as a as a as an underlining medical disorder um, or if a lady through, a, through her screening in her pregnancy we find out that she has got a medical problem or a fetal problem um, then we say that she has got a, um, a high-risk pregnancy. Um, and um, as you go along in pregnancy uh, each visit uh, physicians look for signs, symptoms um, and um, and make a diagnosis after that. Some of the things that might happen that are normal in those early days of pregnancy is morning sickness and even possibly some bleeding. Yes. So how to determine what is part of a healthy pregnancy and what might be warning signs to something else? Um, morning sickness is very common in pregnancy. Um, obviously, there are stages and grades of morning sickness. Um, but I wouldn't classify a woman that has got morning sickness as having a high-risk pregnancy because it's so common. And then, you know, you, you start worrying a lot of women um, that they have a high-risk pregnancy because they've got morning sickness. Obviously, there are ladies that unfortunately have severe morning sickness where they require a lot of medication to control it and they require admission to hospital. And That does happen, does it, with um, morning yes, sickness? It yes, can. of course, of course. Some ladies really become very poorly. And... Um, Morning sickness is actually just a whole physiological change um, in a woman's body that occurs uh, because of the surge of hormones um, um, that sometimes they just become very nauseous and sick. Um, but some ladies that settles, oh, well, the majority of ladies settles by about 12 weeks. Um, but in a small minority of, of patients, it carries on actually throughout their pregnancy. And uh, some ladies, it's so, so severe that they become severely dehydrated, very unwell. They can't tolerate food. Even the smell of food sometimes can, can make them very sick. And um, these ladies actually require admission and a lot of support um, plus um, morning sickness on its own at the beginning of your pregnancy you're really very excited about the whole experience being pregnant and just being sick every time you wake up it's not very nice no no did you have morning sickness um, I did up to about 10 weeks and then and then it sort of I was lucky it settled um, 
And when does it normally settle? I mean, would you? By about 12 weeks. By about 12 weeks, majority of ladies, um, they will just settle and they'll sail through their pregnancy. Are um, you likely to have morning sickness throughout the pregnancy? Um, no, that's not very common. That's not very common. Uh, uh, just a minority would. Um, some, some ladies generally, just because of your you know, hormonal changes, um, certain food that you don't like would make you sick, some smells. Um, some ladies actually even become allergic to their husbands in pregnancy. <laughs> really? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Um, in their pregnancies, but um, <laughs> is that scientifically yeah. proven, doctor? No, it's not. It's not. I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> but those hormones start yes. to yeah, play yeah, havoc. You, just, you with... just cannot tolerate certain smells, and uh, actually, even after you give birth, that smell just takes you back to that moment, and you just think, oh didn't like that yeah don't yeah. like that don't want to be there again but it's happening in one pregnancy it doesn't actually necessarily uh, say that it will happen in your next pregnancy each pregnancy is is a totally unique experience so yeah it differs so morning sickness doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have a difficult no. pregnancy no no it uh, you know and unless as i said unless you are severely severely um unwell or you can't tolerate food your weight drops then that classifies you as a high-risk pregnancy just because your weight really dramatically drops but if it's just normal morning sickness then no it doesn't um on the other hand what you mentioned about bleeding then um yes at the beginning of your pregnancy if you are bleeding then then yes you you are high risk till you pass the um you pass the 12 weeks and if things do settle then then you should be um, treated as as any low-risk pregnancy um, there are a lot of ladies that that bleed early on in pregnancy and really really worry um, and they they don't have to um, just because um, some some sometimes when the pregnancy embeds into the lining of the womb um, you can have a bit of a bleed and that's what you call an implantation bleed um, and it tends to settle um, there are there are some ladies that that have big bleeds that are very obvious in in pregnancy or in, in their scans um, and as well it tends to settle um, do they need medication for that some physicians do give medication um, to sort of uh, to to support the pregnancy um, but uh, we haven't got yet enough evidence research wise to suggest that there are certain drugs um, that would uh, make a pregnancy continue if if they bleed um, there are spec there are very specific conditions um, where you need drugs like this in ladies where you prove that they actually do need a, a, a support um, but in the majority of cases, um, bleeding do tend to settle um, and things do, um, do continue. So if you are noticing in the first uh, phase or early days of pregnancy, uh, blood, spotting of blood, um, be, go and be checked out, but definitely. not necessarily to be overly concerned. Definitely, definitely. Um, if you do bleed in your pregnancy, always get checked out. Um, but don't be, you know, no one can, no one can sort of say this is just going to be the end of it I think it's going to be a matter of follow-up see how things turn up majority of time as I said it turns up absolutely great um, in a small minority unfortunately it doesn't um, so yes do always get checked out 
any bleeding in pregnancy, please please do get checked out. Um, the the I think the the difficulty comes when this bleeding is very very early on at five or six weeks in uh, in pregnancy, where a lot of ladies do worry and come, um, and you you do an ultrasound scan and you can't see anything, and that's not because the bleeding is because of a miscarriage. It's most likely just because of it's it's an implantation bleed and because it's very early on uh, in our pregnancy and if you repeat a scan 10 in two weeks time um, you do find out that things are great however one in five women uh, that's the statistics when it comes to miscarriages and so that's quite a high statistic so Tori Spelling uh, the actress says I'm never as happy as when I'm pregnant I literally would have 10 babies if I could do you feel like that how was your pregnancy do you love being pregnant many women do for others they find it a challenging time and of course for those that uh, go through a difficult pregnancy all the more the challenge possibly talking to Dr. Salma Balhal who's obstetrician and gynecologist at City Centre Clinic this morning and talking us through difficult pregnancy, what that means, the different forms of a difficult pregnancy, how it's defined and how to manage it and to enjoy your pregnancy as best you can. Uh, one of our listeners has texted in to ask if you speak Arabic, Dr. Salma. Um, I do. I do speak Arabic, yes. Um, I am from a Sudanese background. I was born in uh, North London and I trained in the northwest of England. But yes, I speak Arabic fluently. Um, and I'm very proud of that. Um, and I think that has helped me quite a lot in Dubai as well because um, it's, it's an amazing city. There's so many languages, there's so many cultures, so many people. Um, so I just feel that I can relate to quite a lot of ladies um, in Dubai. And, of course, uh, literally holding their hand through what can be a very, um, you know, if it's a new first-time pregnancy, you know, people can feel apprehensive. And, of course, the woman's going through it, but also for the father, for the family as well. So when you're consulting with your patients, uh, do you let the, the, the husbands come in as well? Of course, of course. Um, it's... Um this is a very amazing um, experience and uh, till you go through it um, I I had my first child at the age of 36 um, which um, really actually just put me immediately into a high-risk pregnancy because of my age but um, even as a physician myself I was really scared I was very scared I was scared about what could happen what could go wrong and sometimes you just forget all about what you've studied um, and you become a mother um, you worry about your child and till you go through that experience yourself you truly do not you don't know or can't feel what it, what it really feels like um, pa um, partners are great support they are great support in pregnancy they're great support well majority of them um, in labor but um, um, to not include them actually in the whole um, process, the consultations, the pregnancy, I think um, it doesn't give them as well the whole understanding of what the wives or partners are going through. Um, but it's, it's, um, I think it's very important and I enjoy actually having the husbands in um, because it's good banter. <laughs> you know, you give and take, you know, um, 
when they fall and faint, you just push them to the corner and carry on. Um, so it's brilliant. And then you start teasing them when they when they come back and the baby's there and they're on the floor and you just think, I didn't ask you to come in, so I look after you. I've got two people here to look after. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's great. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, you ask the question, who did the work here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The majority of women just look at the floor and think, oh, just leave them there. <laughs> we'll carry on. How many babies have you delivered do you know have you got an idea oh um i uh, over over a thousand um all sorts um seen all sorts of um of deliveries um all sorts of experiences um um very happy memories very sad memories um um but um, but yeah, over a thousand, I would say. Amazing, amazing work that you do, bringing life into the world. And there are challenges sometimes, and you know the majority of pregnancies are good, but difficult pregnancies. So highlighting what they may be, and we've touched on if you notice bleeding in the early stages of a pregnancy, not necessarily to be over concerned. It can be quite normal for that to happen. Go and get checked out. Um, high pl- blood pressure is something else to be aware of as well. Um, correct. High blood pressure is um, obviously as um, as as time passes, ladies are having babies later on in life, um, which then actually uh, increases their chances of uh, developing high blood pressure in pregnancy. Um, it's um, throughout your pregnancy journey um, when you come in to have um, to have your appointments, you should have your blood pressure and your urine um, sort of checked for protein um, because there is always that a small possibility that you could develop um, either um, uh, pregnancy associated um, high blood pressure, hypertension or uh, preeclampsia um, which is obviously um, a, a dangerous uh, thing. What is it? What is preeclampsia? Um, pre is when your blood pressure goes um, very high in pregnancy. You start um, having protein in your urine and um, um, basically um, preeclampsia is, is uh, Latin um, um, word for uh, just before a convulsion or a seizure um, so eclampsia is seizure preeclampsia is just before and what happens is that if the blood pressure is left very high um, you're having very high levels of protein in your urine then you increase your chances of developing a seizure in pregnancy or at birth um, so this is what they look for um, and this is what preeclampsia is um, so um, blood pressure um, can be monitored throughout your pregnancy if it's sort of caught early then you're put on um, medication um, obviously there have to be the right medication um, that doesn't affect your baby and uh, can control your blood pressure in pregnancy and your baby needs special monitoring because ladies that have high blood pressure in pregnancy um, tend to have smaller babies so their placenta doesn't function as well um, so they take they tend to have uh, what we call growth-restricted uh, fetuses. Um, so they need special scans, they need special monitoring, and they need a few extra appointments um, throughout their journey uh, just to make sure that, uh, that um, everything goes well. 
Now, you mentioned that you had your first baby at 36, 37, and that's going into what is defined medically as high risk uh, due to age. So what else medically is defined as high risk? Um, So age, is it 37? Um, yeah, yes. Well, 37 is for um, for um, the uh, congenital sort of problems, as in, or, or, or a chromosomal malformation like Down syndrome. Um, so if you take the age-related risk, uh, then you are high, high risk by age. But obviously, um, we're talking about a risk of uh, a cutoff in uh, 1 in 250, um, which then means that you need extra um, sort of investigations to bring that risk further down uh, and that could include the first trimester screen uh, which is the um, the scan the nuchal translucency scan which is a scan where they look at the fat pad behind the baby's uh, neck and they measure that take some blood tests from mums and then they calculate a risk from a hormone from the the nuchal uh, thickness uh, plus your age they work out and they give you then a, a, a one in chance of developing or having a baby affected by uh, chromosomal problems. Um, Obviously, there are much more um, um, accurate tests these days as the uh, non-invasive prenatal testing or NIPT test, uh, which is a blood test where they take a blood test from mum. And in that blood test, they look for babies' uh, DNA, genetics, and they analyze it. And then they give you um, a, um, if your baby is, is fine, they as well tell you um, if your baby's a, a girl or a boy uh, from very that can start from 10 weeks onwards um, and um, and um, the only downside to this is that it costs a lot of money um, it's it's expensive um, but it's very accurate Someone's just texted in, and it's similar actually to a friend of mine's story uh, saying about miscarriage and saying that I've suffered three miscarriages, no children, but three miscarriages and not sure whether I want to continue trying. Me and my husband um, are at that stage. Uh, When we talk about miscarriage, we'll get to address this message in more detail, but just to back up a little bit and understand miscarriage and why that might happen. One in five women, that's the statistic. It's quite a high statistic. It is. It is a high statistics, but at the same time, it it just shows you that this is common. You know, this is how our bodies are formed. If statistically, that's how many miscarriages that we, you know, we 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 can possibly have. Then then, you know, looking at the bright side, then we shouldn't really worry. Um, in the sense that our next pregnancy would be a miscarriage. Um, Obviously, once you have three miscarriages or above, then you are classified as as having a recurrent miscarriage. And this is where we actually would advise a woman that, yes, please try not to have a pregnancy, wait, come and see a doctor, get investigated to try to get to the bottom of it. Why are you having all these miscarriages? Below that, um, obviously, a woman needs a lot of support. losing a pregnancy is something very distressing and um you know you you need you need a lot of a lot of support when that happens um either from family uh, your doctor your friends um some people like myself i was very worried uh, 
of having a miscarriage just because because of obviously my age um, and that's another thing is that the older you get the more likely um, just because of the quality of your eggs uh, that you could have a miscarriage I didn't want to tell anyone till I was absolutely sure that uh, it wasn't a miscarriage other ladies no they would tell their family from day one because they need that support um, so a lot of people say I didn't tell anyone I mean I just told my husband and, and family close yes. family and they were sort of use the 12 week mark as yes. this sort of yes. safety barrier if you yes. like is that the case the 12 yes. week mark yeah yeah the majority of 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 ladies would would go up to 12 weeks and after that you'd say because then after that you actually chances of having a miscarriage really really reduces um um, unless, as I said, you are someone that has a recurrent miscarriage and in that case, then you will need a lot of sort of medical input. You would need um, medication sometimes to help you go through that stage. And, uh, and then it depends on what is the underlying reason of you having a miscarriage um, that then we can take it from one step to the other well we'll explore those steps when we come back and understanding miscarriage understanding difficult pregnancies and how to manage that situation and hopefully get pregnant again if that's what one wants yes. after miscarriage one in five but you know some say nature's way in the early first few weeks and that you know it, it, it can happen and it doesn't have to have a completely detrimental effect on the body that you can get pregnant again so we'll unpack that a little bit more and address your questions your messages for zero if you've got a question for Dr. Salma this morning. Uh, one in five women may suffer a miscarriage. It's quite a high statistic. And although it might be distressing, in, in many cases actually, not just certain cases, but many cases, it's not something to be necessarily concerned about physically. Of course, there's the emotional side of what you're going through. But it can be uh, quite a normal process, if you like, if that's the right way of putting it. Um, yes, it, it just... You know, with you having one miscarriage does not mean that you are going to have another or a third miscarriage. It's, um, it's, um, it's very small cases that actually end up having um, more than three miscarriages or where you classify again as a recurrent miscarriage. Um, miscarriages um, actually on their own are, are two stages. There are early miscarriages where miscarriages that occur before 12 weeks and then there are late miscarriages which then would um, occur up to um, viability which is, which is um, it depends really which, which school you're from. There are 24 weeks or 23 weeks. Um, um, so, so if we take the first one, the, low, the lower one in the early first few weeks, why might that happen? Why might you miscarry? Um, you, in the majority of cases, a miscarriage actually can occur because of um, a chromosomal problem. So it's almost that, that nature is taking care of, you know, itself, basically. Um, so it's the survival of the fittest uh, if everything is fine, then that pregnancy carries on. If there is any genetic problem, that pregnancy miscarries. Um, uh, other things could be if a mum has got underlining um, sort of blood disorders, uh, clotting disorders. Uh, um, there is a lot of research, a lot of research that's going into um, things that where they think that 
there might be a lack of certain hormones or luteal uh, phase deficiencies um, where they look at um, um, there are some research that's going into taking samples or biopsies from the womb to look at if there are antibodies uh, there's a lot that goes into this area to try and understand why our ladies really suffering from miscarriages um, and obviously then then that takes us to beyond then um, 12 weeks and what happens just I'm sorry to be brutal about it but what actually happens when a woman miscarries um, there are certain um, certain stages uh, sometimes a woman can start bleeding and then uh, unfortunately she just passes the the pregnancy and that's where your body just does everything for you sometimes there are um, uh, there is a miscarriage where you which I basically think that's a very very tough miscarriage is, is a silent miscarriage where the woman comes um, at 12 weeks uh, uh, waiting to really see her baby and and then unfortunately you scan her and there is no heartbeat and the baby would have although she would have had a scan at eight weeks nine weeks everything was fine the baby would have stopped growing after that and that's what you call a silent miscarriage so the woman doesn't have any symptoms or signs of a miscarriage and uh, it's just that she finds out on a scan that she's had a miscarriage um, and in those ladies um, uh, or the basically then there are options either you wait let your body do its thing and eventually um, you would uh, you would sort of miscarry um, or you'd pass the pregnancy um, obviously the risk of that is that it can take a very long time it's very distressing um, you just never know when you could start bleeding it could be in the middle of the night and the other thing is that if you bleed very heavily what do you do um, and um, the um, the uh, um, and there is also a small risk of infection um, if you start bleeding and you leave it for a very long time. Um, the other, the other, the other option is to go into a hospital and to have um, medications given to you to uh, to pass the uh, the, the pregnancy um, or have surgery, uh, which is DNC. Interest, uh, yes, and I mean you know very distressing for the woman yes. and for the partner to go through this and with all the expectation and anticipation of being pregnant and having a child but for this to happen during pregnancy in many cases as once one can move through that you can get pregnant again and go to full term and of then course. there won't be a problem yes. some may miscarry again some may have a child and then miscarry on another pregnancy it just depends but there are reasons around this as you've described some of them now looking at this BBC article miscarriage risk reduced by lifestyle changes and I'm interested to know what you think about this more than a quarter of first time miscarriages could be prevented by making a combination of lifestyle changes this is research in Denmark um, they're saying that uh, lifting weights interesting uh, looking at 20 kilos each day during pregnancy being obese or underweight increases the risk of miscarriage women beyond their early 30s women who've drank alcohol uh, women who've worked night shifts during pregnancy um, could miscarry uh, the study analyzed uh, over 91,000 women in the UK more than one in seven pregnancies ends in miscarriage so researchers at the University of Copenhagen which carried out the work said only by reducing all of the risk factors could they be prevented well let's back up and first off 
are these areas which could lead to a miscarriage so uh, working night shifts if you are working if you've been crew you know air working where you work different shifts or travel a lot could that affect your pregnancy um there has been a lot of research that's gone into working night shifts or, or like working habits really and pregnancy and there are some research that do suggest that you have got an increased risk of miscarriage other um, other research shows that you have a risk of having smaller babies or uh, intrauterine growth restricted babies um, um, or um, going into preterm labor and I think that is because your um, your life or your body cycle is just not in the normal routine cycle so your days are nights and nights are days shifts stress levels um it's all it's all sort of changed and for that reasons yes your you know your pregnancy would not go as smooth as someone that has a normal lifestyle um sleep being is very important sleep is a huge thing isn't it um being overweight or underweight Correct, correct. Ladies that are overweight, so if your BMI is over um, 30 or if your BMI is under 80, BMI is basically body mass index and that's calculated as your weight in kilo divided by uh, your height in uh, meter squared um, and you work out what it is. Um, the classification of a normal BMI is from 18 to 25, anything uh, between 25. 5.1 and 30 is classified as as overweight over 30 is obese and under 18 is underweight so if your bmi is over 30 um or under 18 then that's not normal and uh, yes that does increase your risk of um of a miscarriage plus other medical conditions uh, so it increases your risk, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. No, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It just means that um, if you can um, reduce your weight or if you can eat uh, a bit more pies, then yes, your your risk does reduce. Um, now, they've, uh, there's some research that, that suggests that risk increases by 1 to 1.5%. Um, but... Um, but whatever we can as women do to get a healthy pregnancy outcome, then we would do it. Message here. My wife had four children and between two and three of our children, we had a miscarriage. 12 week scan was fine, but at 20 weeks, no heartbeat and the baby had not grown. A real fear when we tried again, but thankfully everything was okay for the last two. Emotionally, very trying and lots of support offered. But what we found was that there wasn't much on offer of support for the husband. We have feelings too. Um, I would totally agree. Um, husbands tend to, you know... Uh, I think I think all of us are guilty of that is that we focus quite a lot on the woman um, and we sort of forget uh, about about dads and they they go through quite a lot of um, emotional sort of trauma with this because because um, men are used to being you know the the breadwinners they used to they are you they, they are you know the support of the house and for suddenly to feel that you have no control whatsoever all of that is taken away from you you're seeing your partner in distress you, you know you've lost a child and no one is actually paying any attention to you 
um, it is very very difficult and there there there's a there is actually support groups out there for dads um, who go through this um, and um, I, I I personally do try my best to include both uh, just because um, it's it's a very very tough tough time um, but it is a tough balance um, four children in between two and three uh, the 12 week scan was everything was fine but at 20 weeks no heartbeat so all the more distressing at 20 weeks very true yeah to go through that so messages coming in on difficult pregnancies and uh, we've been talking about miscarriage and uh, one of our listeners was saying that she's 10 weeks pregnant she's had two miscarriages before so concerned just worried you know and doctors saying that she may have delayed ovulation what seems to be coming up on the the ultrasound is that the size of the fetus may be more of a size of a six-week old pregnancy rather than a 10 week old pregnancy so because this is very difficult to address on air specifically to this person but to give us an idea of you know what to look out for what to be aware of if you've gone through miscarriages before and you're in the early stages of a new pregnancy um that is a very very difficult question it's just because i do not i'm not quite sure about the um the past medical history of this lady and what investigations she's had but from what i understood that she is uh, 10 weeks by date from her last period and she's six weeks on a scan um then depends if there is a, a heartbeat or not uh, uh, what medication she's on if there is a heartbeat then what, you what know, as in the, if she's on medication yes, if, yeah, what, yeah, yeah, yeah if she's on medication um if um if there is a heartbeat then then that's brilliant and she shouldn't really worry if there is no heartbeat then i'd suggest that she has another scan to try and establish what is going on sometimes um Ovulation differs in in ladies. Um, Some ladies have very regular cycles. You can predict exactly when they've ovulated. Some ladies don't. Some ladies have uh, irregular cycles. So it's very hard to say. Um, Yes, it it should be really um, that you should be 10 weeks uh, because um, if she has an irregular cycle, then she's ovulated um, later, then fertility occurred later, and she could be truly six weeks rather than anything. I think in this particular lady, she's had two previous miscarriages um and she's very worried uh, understandably um um it, it just comes down to has she got any other children where did the miscarriage because the other thing actually is that a lot of ladies just look at a whole sum of number of miscarriages rather than where did these miscarriages occur now if you have had two miscarriages then you have had a normal pregnancy outcome with no medical support as in no medication there is no underlining medical reason for these miscarriages and you had an, a successful pregnancy outcome then you actually go back to zero again and those two miscarriages don't sort of count as a high risk mm. so which is a good thing yeah because then it means that don't worry really um if you have another miscarriage after that i still would not classify you as having three consecutive and this is the key word consecutive miscarriages so three miscarriages one after the other this is where i would classify someone as having recurrent miscarriage so so yes it just really it really um uh, depends um for this lady i would say um if there's a heartbeat please don't worry um i'm sure that you and seeing somebody like you so what would happen uh you would go for a consultation and then you'd be monitored and and 
and uh, I mean I mean not necessarily monitored closely just because you've had a miscarriage before yeah. because as we're saying that can be quite normal actually yeah. using that word depending where it is in your pregnancy and and how it yes. is and how that miscarriage shows itself uh, so you know it's difficult to say it's normal when it can be something very distressing but yeah. part of your body will reject something that isn't meant to be yeah there, yeah um, if that's the if that's what's happening there can be other forms of miscarriage where you just aren't able to carry and your body that's exactly what i was going to say that it the majority of ladies after we thoroughly investigate them we actually do not find a reason why they are having a miscarriage and i think that is very difficult um if you have a reason why you've miscarried then at least we can work into trying to prevent that happening the difficult ones are the ones where you investigate them and then you say actually there is nothing wrong with neither you nor your partner uh, and for you know and and there is some research that show that support works miracles with these ladies is that just seeing them regularly holding their hands talking uh, you know plus other sort of medication i've recently had a lady that has had 12 miscarriages um and she is currently um 34 weeks pregnant um and we have not found a reason why she's had 12 miscarriages Just before um, so you know stress obviously can have an impact on your pregnancy anxiety uh, emotional trauma yes. that might happen during pregnancy these are all things you know as always on the show we talk about the power of the mind and, and not to underestimate how that can impact you so they're things to consider so you know in this lady's case she's she's anxious because she suffered two miscarriages before try and find ways to relax and to um yes. you know take that fear away and, and and to ease in and enjoy your pregnancy but of course if you do have concerns make sure you go and see your doctor, doctor. yeah true Lots to talk about when it comes to miscarriage. We are going to return to this topic later on in the year because, or again, it's one of those things that often doesn't get um, talked about. And thank you to the lady. Actually, she's just come back to say regarding the lady we've just been talking about. Thank you very much. I've got my answer. So we're pleased about that. Thank you for connecting with us this morning. Um, we're rapidly running out of time just to highlight other areas that could be deemed a difficult pregnancy. Um, the increase we're seeing more and more women having C-sections. Why is that, doctor? Um, oh, that's, um, that's a very, very difficult question. It could be due to um, them having previous cesarean section. It could be due to fetal problems. It could be due to your doctor. Um, so... Um, it's um, well in yes. the first place why might it be that you need to have a c-section um, you could have a c-section just because in labor your labor didn't go straight forward and um, or it could be just because you they tried to induce you and it didn't work um, it could be just because the baby or we deem that you having a normal delivery uh, would be dangerous either for you or your baby and for that reason you end up having a cesarean section um, and uh, the other thing that uh, we really have to sort of 
um, sort of say is that a lot of ladies these days want to have a cesarean section rather than they need to have a cesarean section. Those They come and they ask to have a cesarean section. So we are having an increase um, in, in sort of women asking to have a cesarean section. Um, so, so these are all factors um, of increasing cesarean section rate. Um, During the pregnancy, uh, if you are at high risk or having a difficult pregnancy, how often do you see, obviously if you've got something immediate, you will see your doctor, but what's the general rule of thumb when it comes to you know, screening and uh, consulting with your gynecologist and obstetrician running up to labour? I think, I think each woman should have the right to have her antenatal care planned uh, when she comes to see her doctor um, on her first few visits because then she knows where, uh, where she stands. Um, if you have a low-risk pregnancy or normal pregnancy, on average, a low-risk first pregnancy, you should be seen um, about 12, 11 times. Um, if this is your second baby and third baby and you are low-risk, then you should be seen only seven times in pregnancy. Um, but if you are high risk because of an underlying condition, then you and your doctor should sit down and you should work out how often you should be seen uh, because because that as well affects um, sort of how much, you know, financial implication um, that 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 it could really um, um, affect um, the family at the end of her pregnancy. So interesting, isn't it? The term difficult pregnancy, it yeah. could be physically um, okay, okay, but financially could be challenging as well. Of interesting. Course. More to discuss on this topic at a later date. Thank you very much for your time this morning, Dr. Salma Balal, who's obstetrician and gynecologist at City Centre Clinic. Uh, we've posted up your contact details up on our Dubai Today blog post on Dubai I 1038 com thanks for all your messages this morning on that as well and we wish you all the very best and Thank to everybody ladies that are pregnant or getting pregnant or going through their pregnancy enjoy we've kind of highlighted some of the uh, potential risk factors and difficulties and it and we don't want it to sound like that's the norm you know many most people have a wonderful experience so um, embrace it enjoy it and love it and uh, not to be too anxious about it but any concern of course go and see a professional for and seek that medical advice for now thank you very much dr salma thank you very much and yes please even if you have a high-risk pregnancy that does not mean that you should not enjoy your pregnancy you can have a wonderful high-risk pregnancy <laughs> to be honest um so so yes please don't be frightened pregnancy is a wonderful time and uh, enjoy your pregnancies ladies thank you thank so you. much